do not want to hear this story. Go ahead. Okay. Max walks into the seminary yesterday and he says, I have a way to defraud the government for a lot of money and become rich. And I'm like, there's a lot of, a lot of problems <laughs> with that statement as you walk into seminary. But okay, how is it? And he's decided that he's going to create a bunch of school clubs and get funding from the school. But it's basically like, Buy Max Grocery Club. Oh, dude, he he's ready for DC. Like that's that's, that's how they live. That's how they live. Uh, the best is like hearing the difference between like Max. Max is we're always talking about Max, but Max uh, he doesn't listen to the show, so we can. Yeah. Until he does and starts promoting Until us. Until he does. It. Uh, yep. He. Uh, but what what did your wife say? Like your, his friend died, which is super sad, right? Yeah. But then have... he cons your mom, uh, your mom, your wife out of out of some cash. For some yeah. flowers yeah. and this and that and that. Yeah. So I asked her, I said, so does Randy let him get away with that? She goes, no, at all. <laughs> she goes, but what am I going to do? The flowers are for a funeral. Like, I'm like, well, he earns a lot of money. Like, why doesn't he pay for no, it? No, it's, it's we have a total stereotypical dad situation in my house where the kids avoid asking me for money. And, and in fact, try and avoid me finding out ever because they know that Rachel will say yes. Um, but uh, anyway. We have a weird situation at our house, like, our kids are always telling us to stop spending money on them, especially fierce. Well, he gets funny. all pissed off. We have a couple of kids that have been really uh, naturally frugal and a couple of kids that just, I mean, to say that they leak like a sieve is just, it gives too much credit to sieves that just the money just flows straight through. You know or I mean? like a colander. It's <laughs> yeah, like a colander. I'm just saying, it's like an incompetent colander. <laughs> the colander with a giant hole in the bottom. And it's become like a family joke. Like other siblings are starting to joke about it now. But still, anyway. That's pretty funny. The, oh, uh, the... So I so I, I was going to send William my list of things to talk about. And he just asked me right before I hit record, like, where's their list? And I'm like, oh, what do you mean? I just sent it to you. And then I looked and actually I had sent it into my family chat. <laughs> and that's what, gotta... and Max, respond, <laughs> Max responded with, did dad just like activate a sleeper agent or something? Because <laughs> this is weird. You know, it's this weird list. So like formal dances, the free press, second closure, school apps, age 18, handoff, skateboard job. <laughs> and Rachel responded with, it's the podcast list. So she immediately could figure out the context. At least clues. she knew. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Your, your, your group chat sounds funny, but my wife, she's in a group chat with her family. Yeah. And, and it's, it's a constant thing. One time I got stuck in it. I don't know how. No, yeah, yeah, you told me about this. Oh, it was terrible. I couldn't get out. <laughs> no, my family does that too, and I, uh, I quite, I quite like it. But every once in a while, you know, every once in a while, I go a little long. We're like, <clears throat> we'll iterate on a joke a little bit, a little bit much. But I gotta be careful because these are all, these are all our ardent fans. But, so but I'm, ba- I'm a big fan, but friends. Your people are funny. Like your sister's legitimately funny. <laughs> they're, you're, they're you're, legitimately you're, funny. you're in a creative family. My family's not funny. You know what the funniest thing we did lately? What's that? We went to New York City and we all got matching I love New York shirts. And you're like, well, what's the that's big deal? Crazy. That's not that's <coughs> though that's like normal, you know, yeah. tourists like that. No, yeah. we lived in New York. Anyone that wears an I love New York shirt is a sucker because he bought right. it from somebody in Times Square. And the other part is is like no no one in New York wears those shirts ever. Right. So we well, got they them. also just redid the logo, made it worse. I haven't seen the the new logo. I mean, they still the old one's still around there. But we we got those. We took pictures in Times mm-hmm. Square. Someone even laughed so hard that they offered to take the picture for us. And now we and when we tell our friends that live there or have lived there, they laugh out loud, right? Le- legitimately, and that's that's our idea of humor. You did it, but that's such. Hilarity ensues. Yeah, but it's not that funny. It just isn't. No. It's like we it's, have a bunch of fat like people that. in these in these uh, in these shirts, squeezing into shirts that are too small, like in Times Square. It looked terrible. Yeah. So recent entrance into the family chat. So I don't know if you've seen this this thing that happens, but uh, thanks to AI, you can now get these crazy mashup versions of songs. Have you seen this? No. So you can get like Frank Sinatra singing Radiohead's "Creep." What? Yeah. Because, uh, by the way, Frank Sinatra sounds pretty good singing In any way. I mean, I'm pretty sure in any genre. I'd love to hear him rap. Okay, so yesterday, Lucas sent into the family chat Hank Williams singing Straight Outta Compton. <laughs> and, dude, what? it's hilarious. It, what? Sounds, it sounds legit good. Like, like that's a good song. <laughs> With the exception of all, like, they keep bleep, they bleep all the, 
Yeah, the bad All the swear words. Yeah. But I mean, um, so AI has made some super rad stuff. So we have Frank Sinatra singing all these crazy songs, and we've got Hank Williams now singing Straight Outta Compton. It's good times. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna play this for you, cause you don't, you're, you're like, I don't know what to make of this. <laughs> cause I don't. This all this whole AI stuff is. There just... are many people misunderstand. Sorry, that just sounds like an advertisement. Uh, one, two, here we go. Skip. <laughs> Where did they get this stuff from? Dude, I'm telling you, AI can make can make it sound like and, and by the way, as predicted, there are news articles dropping about how deep fake audio is is starting to rip people off. People are like getting voicemails from their boss saying Dude, I got a call today. Transfer a million dollars to something or other. It's fake. No, okay, so I got a call today from Amazon. Okay, so when anyone calls me and says, yeah. oh, there's some kind of fraud, yeah. I'm always like, and then they're like, okay, press one for whatever. So they call and they're like, this is Amazon. We have, account, we have a detected fraud on your account. There's a $1,000 blah, blah, blah uh, in the order. Yeah. If this is not your order, press one. So I pressed one. And they're like, oh, thank you for calling. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Wait a minute. I'm like, yeah. And they're like, what can we help you with? And I'm like, dude, what do you mean? What can you help me with? You called me. Right, and they're like, "What do you mean?" Well, so they're like, you know, in this, well, give, can you verify who you are? No, it's a lie. All right, you here's didn't one. Call, and so, by the way, if I challenge them, they they hang up. This is Johnny Cash. What the heck? <laughs> What? Isn't that amazing? Where are they finding this stuff? Well, they're making it. They're making it like with all due haste. And uh, yeah. What's going to happen with this deep fake stuff? So, like, how are we going to be able to tell the difference? I've often wondered this about. This is Frank Sinatra singing Radiohead's Creep. Isn't it crazy? What? <laughs> that sounds good. It sounds really good. All these songs. I'd listen to all these songs. Where are they from? Is it a YouTube channel? Uh, uh, let's see. If, I wonder if it's all the same guy. Um, and the future. <clears throat> no, there's, 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 it's different channels. So yeah, different channels. This one's there. I ruined it. Like there, I ruined it. Is a is a channel, where that that does a lot of these. That's, that's the joke. So, so they got the Beach Boys Barbie. singing Hurt, Hank Williams singing Straight Outta Compton. There I ruined it. That's actually kind of clever. Louis Armstrong singing Low. <laughs> Dude, that's crazy. Hey, I got a question. I want to follow up on something we talked last uh, episode. I, yeah. I, I made it in kind of in passing, like uh, a mention of how fast Twitter died. And I want to know, like, I've told several people this, specifically in my daughter's, my oldest daughter's uh, age range. And they're like, no, no, it, it, we're still using Twitter as the acronym. That's what I, I still do. I mean, you correct me every time we do it, but I, I still accidentally Dude, do. I think, I think it's dying at a very fast rate. I think, first of all, I think X sounds better anyway. And I think that, um, but, but um, do you think I'm, do you think I'm wrong? I don't think you will be wrong, but it's not dead yet. No, I don't, I don't think so either. I just, I just think it was interesting how fast it did die. It's going to stick for a while, but like in a year or two, I don't know. Like, I mean, let's, let's, are there analogs? Are there things that we still call the wrong thing? Even though, well, so it's interesting, like Facebook and Instagram are now meta, but they don't call it meta. Oh, they do though. People do. But they don't. I'm amazed. Okay. So here's here's one that did app. It's still Facebook app. No one calls Google Alphabet. No one. But Google is Alphabet. That's the company. Yeah, but that happens a lot of times that that the company itself is. But but everyone calls Facebook meta. Everyone does. Because meta kind of works i don't know i i think meta's a rebranding that works um unfortunately it's tied to this unit metaverse which i don't think is going to work but 
It's it sounds interesting. Meta sounds interesting. Alphabet does not sound interesting. I have a I have a take on Meta, and here's my take. My All take right. is is that um, uh, my son is calling from his mission. Of oh. course. Um, you you wanna? No, nah, well I'll, I'll pick it up in a minute. But they they um. So here's my take on Meta. Meta has, I think Meta is a rebrand in order to hide the death of Facebook. Well, no, it was a rebrand in order to get people to truly listen about their metaverse idea, which is their VR headset stuff. Which I think that is a mistake. I don't think it's going anywhere. I think that, uh, I don't, I, I think VR is going to be important at some point, but it's not going to be soon enough. But I also think, I think that they're trying to hide their numbers. I think that they don't, that Facebook is really not a, a, that great of a place anymore and Instagram is and one is dying and one is living and so in order to kind of keep their cross-branding advertising they make it into meta yeah you're probably right all right have we talked about <laughs> board we're moving on <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. just go ahead and wake me up when you're done yeah um <laughs> it's okay one of the all-time great stories so my family has a few at some point, my little brother and I listened to all the rad stories of our older siblings and just felt like we had a need to measure up. Yeah. And so I went out of my way to do my thing, which I've already talked about on the air, where I made fake press passes and went and right. interviewed the Lakers. That was my. Right. I was pretty stoked about that. Right. <clears throat> that went way Were better. They? That went way better than I could have hoped. Yeah. Because they, for all their like hilarity, like they weren't doing that kind of stuff, right? right. Like right. so they so, weren't getting bold. So I'm so I made I made my mark, right? But my little brother made his mark. It was pretty next level. So when he was in his 20s, um, he, was, he would attend congregations that uh, a church that were intended for people his age in their 20s. And they, they went to uh, The Price is Right. And they went to The Price is Right um, a, a couple of times. The first time they went, my little brother was in the... There, so you're in the studio audience and then people walk around and they interview you with a little clipboard. And then he noticed that the people that got pulled up into the like on, into the contest from the audience were people that were a little bit nutty. And then he and so he did the math and he's like, oh, so if I'm a little bit nutty, maybe I'll get selected. So the second time they went to the Price is Right, Greg Greg wore a, a Battlestar Galactica T-shirt. This is back before the reboot, so an old Battlestar Galactica right, T-shirt. Right. So, so they interviewed him, and then he's and then they were walking away, and he's like, hey. Did you see my Battlestar Galactica T-shirt? <laughs> and then he like showed it to him. He's a little bit weird about it. And they're like, "Huh?" They nodded their heads and like wrote something on a piece of paper. Anyway, he gets called up into the prices right, right? <laughs> and uh, we have the video of this show, this episode. He gets called up. And then he, he doesn't really know how to play The Price is Right. Like, we all watched that show when we were homesick from school. Yeah. Right? But, yeah. but like, you kind of know, but you kind of don't. And so uh, so he, his strategy is every time they ask him to do anything, they, he, like, listens to what the audience is screaming at him, and he does what the audience says. Okay? <laughs> so, uh, and then, but then when he's not doing that, he's screwing around. So he's, like, joking. He's, like, arm around Bob Barker. Like he won something and he, like he fell down on the stage and the camera's like, where did he go? <laughs> and like it tilts down and he's wait, like, wait, wait, wait. So not only did he get called up to do it, but then he won on the panel thing and so he gets to come up and play the game. He went up on the stage. Anyway, I'm, uh, I, I wish I could, <laughs> I wish I could do the whole play by play, but he won a bunch of stuff. And at the end, they did a showcase showdown and he was up against somebody who was super experienced. And she was off by a dollar. <laughs> she was over by a dollar. Right. So he won the showcase showdown. <laughs> he got a trip to Nashville and a car and all this crap. <laughs> so what? my little brother clean sweeped on uh, on the prices right just by listening to the audience and screwing around. The fun part for the Davises, or at least for me, was just him joking around. He called him Roberto, and he's like, and he's like Gregory. Anyway, I'm telling you all this because uh, Bob Barker passed away this week. Yeah, he did. It was sad. At he's the fitting age. Of 99. He didn't go over a dollar. <laughs> and my that son, had to be a meme. Did you come up with that? Oh, yeah, yeah, it was a meme. Oh. I totally stole that off the internet. And my little brother posted about it, like his good memory, and he, had, we had, he has the picture of him. Roberto. He has a picture of him uh, on his Facebook page. Uh, you want my favorite? One of my Roberto. favorite. <laughs> I loved Bob Barker. I don't know why. Plus that little microphone he had, like no one, ha no one used it. This is my little brother and, and Bob, Bar <laughs> Bob Barker. <laughs> 
Ah, uh, dude, that's classic. Uh, but do you my, one of my favorite moments with Bob Barker is when, in Happy Gilmore. Oh my gosh, that that cameo was the most amazing cameo. <coughs> he beat the crap out of him. He's like, I guess the price was wrong, Bob. Oh my gosh, that was <laughs> so classic, so funny. That was one of the funniest. That was moments. really a great, oh, great scene. Oh, jeez. Hey, I, wanna th- I have a question for you. We went to Disneyland on Monday. Yeah. And uh, I texted you, like, I don't really text you a ton of, you're, you're the idea guy, right? Wow, so Disneyland. I you just, but you're still my, doing it. But so here's my text. Did you my, wear a dress? My, te- <laughs> my text is, uh, was, what I say? The canary, uh, the canary, canary in, in, the, coal mine. in the coal mine. And what, what I want to ask you about is... Have you noticed, because you were a pretty avid goer mm, to I was, Disneyland. yeah, two, three times a year. Uh, had you noticed the, the demographics of the people that were going to Disneyland changed over the time that you were there? So it wasn't even, uh, did I notice it? It was just an understood. So basically, yes, short answer, yes. Because they have a whole week in the fall during Thanksgiving, where they have a food and wine tasting booth situation, which is 100% for adults. So, yeah, but that's over, in, that's over in California Adventure. No, man, that, that makes no difference. The point is they think that they can, they can attract enough just adults to do adults-only activities. Yeah, the demographics are definitely changing. Okay, so do you find that to be a, a, a canary in their coal mine? In their coal mine? Yep. Oh, good point. Because are you going to get old, old people to go to this? Well, so the interesting part to uh, me was no, no, th- no. They're not getting murdered. They're committing suicide. That's what I mean. <laughs> what I mean is, is that have they started making decisions that for the short term may may make something, but in the long term it's really destroyed something. And the re- I think that that the uh, it's, yes, it's fairly <laughs> obvious that that's yes. what we that that that's the answer. I don't know if you saw, but they canceled a bunch of shows. Did you see that? They canceled a bunch of movies? No, shows on Apple, uh, Disney+. Plus. They didn't renew a bunch of them. And it was a bunch of reboots <laughs> that were that were like, you know, Oh, yeah. Crazy. Look, well, look, they're having to rein in expenses. So as I mentioned, I accidentally posted my list in the family chat. Oh, no. Why my not? family now is posting nonsense lists back because they think it's funny. <laughs> so this is what I just got from Lucas. Medium-sized schism, the racist basis, <laughs> bonafide menace to society, back-living bicycles <laughs> of Muppets and Mothers, rankled riders. <laughs> Your family's really clever. <laughs> uh, crying cantaloupes. <laughs> crying <Sorry>. cantaloupes. <laughs> I think the racist bassist is still my favorite of the whole thing. And actually, you used to play the string bass, and some people think you're racist. So there you go. There you, there you, there you, the racist bassist. That, that should be the name of our podcast. The <laughs> right there. We probably get a lot of attention for that. Yeah. So do I? Am I worried about that? Yeah. I'm, I think that's the thing. Well, the reason I ask is because we went on Monday, and I've noticed it for a while. Like, just there's a whole lot more tattoos, a whole lot more single people, a whole lot more people kind of making political or you know uh, you know there's yeah. a lot there's a lot of there's a lot of lbgtq stuff yeah i know and our, my but, wife would say to both you and me no you're just not paying attention that's actually where society is going that's just an accurate representation of society well, so here's the problem and it's like if, I, you know kind of if you're in the first half of the alphabet soup you're not actually breeding mm. And so they're it's not, not so true anymore, though. You know that. I mean, they, no, they, but they do their but, but at shenanigans. The percentages, they're not. It's not even close. Nor will it ever get. Is close. it not? No. Okay. No. They're adopting, or they're doing surrogacy, but that that community is not. You know, it's okay. Not, it's not the. So norm. you're saying that that's like, but by the math, the math says you're betting on uh, on yeah, a group. The math is, is like. It's well, by that standard, I think they should totally do an outreach to Southern Utah polygamists. <laughs> <laughs> That's the future, baby. That's the future. But the, but the, what they built was this legacy of family stuff, and now and now because they've spent this like little time readjusting to what some people think that the norm is, uh, I think that that readjustment yeah. becomes uh, it becomes a suicidal, by you know suicide by clo- very slow poisoning. All right. Anyway, all right. Do you born with that one too, huh? Do you well not not because it's not, not a racist. Not I am a basis. Not because it's not interesting, but because we've hit it a few times. Got so, um, do you did you go to a lot of formal dances in high school? No, I meant maybe two, three. 
Really? Yeah. So even though part of your high school was in Utah, you yeah. didn't go? No. Because that was a big deal in Utah. I was at, when I was in New York, um, my freshman year, I was asked by a senior to prom. Nice. And uh, All right. nice. I was supposed to be very... <laughs> Everybody said you're you're supposed to be very honored that a senior would ask you, and she was yeah. she was a pretty cute senior. Nice. I said no, and they're like, "Why didn't you do that? Don't you know what happens on prom night?" And I'm like, oh, "Why?" Uh, that's kind of why I said no, <laughs> which actually is one of my topics today. But oh, um, let's hear it. I didn't I do this. So one of my topics is, is counterculture. When I lived in New York, counterculture was I could be like this super moral straight. You know, dude. Okay. Whereas now, and then counterculture at, through the 60s, you know, it was uh, rebel against that norm. Right. I saw a punk rocker who was like tattoos all over his face. Yeah. And he's like, I had an epiphany the other day was the counterculture today is conservatism and Christianity. Yeah. And he goes, So if you want to be a true punk, he goes, I've been a punk, uh, he's like a, he's like a leg- legitimate punk rock. Star, I can't remember who it was, and he's got tattoos all over his face. He says, you want to be in counterculture today, which is what punk is. Yeah, he's like, you got to be a Christian, you got to be a conservative. And I was like, jeez, <laughs> I hadn't thought about it, dude. Related, um, back when Trump ran the first time, the lead singer of the Sex Pistols, who now lives in Las Vegas, was a Trump supporter, and he's just and, and he was just like unabashed about it. He's just like, no, man, I'll take that tax cut. Thanks very much. And uh, he's like, I'm, uh, he's like, the, the the basic foundation of capitalist society is greed, and I'm gonna win this thing. <laughs> it was really funny. funny I, I'm not down for the greed part, but uh, but yeah, no, it's, we're the new punk rock, man. That's why I wear these button-up plaid shirts, you know, because because <laughs> back to the grunge. It's, it's mostly about the chicks, you know what I mean? Like they like it. It's one chick. Um, so, uh, Sorry, let's see. I, I, I derailed you. So, uh, no formal dances. So I, I went to probably a lot for a Californian. I mean, I went to four or five probably. Yeah. So I went to prom. I went to homecoming once. I went to Sadie Hawkins once. Oh, I know where you're going with this. I'm not, I, I wasn't, I wasn't going to. But <laughs> you should. Should I? Your son became the prom king. My, my son became the prom king. Or no, the homecoming king. Homecoming king, sorry. And then didn't go to the dance. <laughs> and left the game early. <laughs> to, to play Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> and I asked him if he, because you know. If, he those, has, if those facts side by side don't give you a hint as to what a, what a, what a turning society is on its head situation this whole thing is. <laughs> not only that, if you don't know, in his D&D lair, that they play in. He has a throne, a cape, <laughs> a cape, a scepter, a sword, and uh, and and a and a crown. So I asked yeah. if he used any of those things, or if he just carried the scepter around school. And he says no. Oh, he should have brought the sword. Although then he probably would have gotten yeah, like, he tackled been expelled. and ban- expelled yeah, from the school forever. <laughs> you see that? Kid so that- yeah, no. So the the fun part. Uh, so Max was uh, is named uh, homecoming king, and the fun part was that he he hammed it up. He had his little brother because for the walkout you usually have your parents. He chose his little brother for the walkout. Nice. <laughs> and uh, and then and then they're walk. They have to walk all the way across the field. And he's like, he's like, hey. Um, he suggested that they, maybe they skip and like like they're frolicking. Right. And then he started to chicken out, and he's like, he's like. Mac, uh, Jonah, what if we just walk out really stiff and and like not doing anything? And then and Jonah looked at Max and goes, Max, we're Davises. We frolic. <laughs> and so so there's video of them skipping across Sounds the field, so <laughs> skipping bad. across the field to the to the to the stage where he uh, we won the prom king. Kind of fun. Good for him. You see that kid that got kicked out of school because of the Gladstone flag? Do you know which flag that is? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the one with the snake. <laughs> Do you see that it on. got him out? Uh, no, I didn't see that part yet. I was reading the other stuff today. And I'm like, they have a whole video of this administrator telling them how racist and terrible it is. And it yeah. Just shows I mean, how- in her defense, she literally doesn't know, and she's not being lame. She's like... She's trying to be sweet, <laughs> and but she's Did just wrong. you watch the video? I watched the first Oh, third. I found her to be incredibly smug. Oh, I wanted to punch her in the face. Wow. Okay. Well, because I have a I have <laughs> so a the natural... Gatson the Gatson flag is the flag uh, the yellow flag with the snake all coiled up, getting ready to bite. Which was and the, the phrase is don't flag which is the... don't don't tread on me. Yeah. Which is which is the the revolutionary uh, uh, flag colonies folks used to say that to the Brits to be like you're stepping on a snake, man. Don't mess with us. Correct. And that was ended up <laughs> being the first 
I think it was was the first official flag of the United States. Yeah, they still like fly that flag in like Vermont or something. Oh, don't tread on me is like the phrase in Vermont. Uh, yeah, and I think New Hampshire's give me liberty or give me death. Yeah. But. Anyway, so yesterday a kid went to school with that. Um, Did you see that kid though? Did you see a picture of the kid? Yeah. The sweet. kid is like, he looks sweet. like the guy's got a button-up shirt, perfectly tailored hair, you know, or, or pre- <laughs> you know, perfect hair, and really well-spoken kid. And the mom's just like, "What are you talking about? Are you going to ban all patches or just his patches?" And the kid was not confrontational. He was just super polite, very nice kid. Yeah. And he was really worried that he was missing school for this administrative. Look, okay, look, I'm I'm excited that this got reversed. And I'm excited that it got reversed hard, by the way. The school district was like, oh, they were incorrect. That's not, it's not racist at all. He's allowed to go. And so he's at school today with his back. Okay. So that got reversed. But we're not gonna act like is it gonna trigger, that, that, is it gonna trigger that was that performative. Teacher? This this was performative. Now I don't think he deliberately got kicked out of school for his patch, but he definitely videoed it on purpose and was definitely oh, smug new. on oh. purpose. So like, let's not act like we caught him candidly. I didn't find being him to a good be smug kid. at all. I found him to be confident and smart, but not well. Smug. Anyway, I found like him I, to be smug. I'm glad it got flipped because that because yeah, it's not racist. Because he just can't call everything racist. No, you know what I mean? Yeah. Everything's like, racist and yeah. everything's... Anyway. Have, so have you watched any of these uh, interviews that, that Vivek's been doing with all these different... Or how do you say his name? He's Vivek? Vivek? V- Vivek. Vivek. And he's done all these zones and they're attacking him. Like, first of all, he's Indian. And right. He, and so the optics are off. It's some white guy or white woman what? attacking him about some kind of race thing. Don Lemon got fired over his his uh, rant with Vivek. Yeah. And it was, it's really interesting because the guy, guy went to Harvard and he went to Yale. Like, he's no slouch. He's not a dummy. And he, and he has this ability to kind of, like, combat this stuff. Like, hey, yeah. you're saying – but it's basically these bunch of white liberals, which I don't understand for the life of me why some of these – I was watching the, the Cuomo one. And I'm like, why are you this smart? Why can't you just interview him like a normal person? Why can't all these white guys interview this guy like just a normal dude? They just can't do it. They can't do it. No, they're like, no, the thing is, we got to make him into a monster. That's, yeah. that's the thing. And they're, they're trying to turn Vivek into a monster. All they've done. And he has just... some, no, look, he has some controversial takes. So he's going to, they're going to succeed with, I mean, 20% of the country is always going to hate him no matter what, right? Yeah. Um, but, uh, but no, it's been fun to watch. He's he's a really articulate voice. I don't think they're going to succeed in pinholing him as much as they think they will. And well, he's gonna, he's going to win. One. He's going to win either way because he's so articulate that even if he w- wins zero elections, like he's going to get a big following and sell a lot of books. And hey, I heard another. <laughs> speaking of, this is more a political inside, way way inside behind the scenes. Not actually, it's not. It's it's more constitutional. All right. There's two things that are kind of constitutionally going on. One is it, it was just like informative to me that I just never thought about. Okay. But um, there was a lot before DeSantis decided to run, and it looked like Trump would be the nominee. Yeah. A lot of people felt like if DeSantis doesn't run, DeSantis would be the VP. Did, did you kind of get that? Well, I I. I thought that that was going to be the move all along because he and Trump used to like each other. Yeah, but you know that's not possible constitutionally. Why is that? I didn't know this. the The VP and the president can't be from the same state. I did not it's know that. It's in the Constitution. I just oh, found that out myself. How fascinating! So, so I think one of the his <clears throat> things that went DeSantis's, you know, went into DeSantis's uh, decision was that we can't. I can't be the VP. Oh, we that's can, fascinating! It's once once. <laughs> Trump, Do you think he moved there? Do you think he moved there to blunt that? No, I think he <laughs> that's moved there funny. because uh, New York became increasingly hostile. Well, that's him. fascinating. You know that that's for sure the case. Yeah. So anyway, that's kind of interesting. And the other one is all this discussion about the Fourteenth Amendment and how it it can't it might exclude Trump even if he's not convicted from running for president. This will go to the Supreme Court, I think, if someone challenges. Yeah, it. that's not going to hold. I mean, like everyone knows, that won't hold up. Well, it kind of does. So the weird part is, is that if you read the Fourteenth Amendment without context, okay, it sounds like it could. But I think what people are well, playing on the idea. And Roberts is a squish and. Kavanaugh is pretty soft, so no, maybe, but, maybe that gets you to. So, but do you know what votes? the 14th Amendment was? 
the context no, of the 14th I Amendment. I don't know what uh, okay, it is. so I just learned this as well. The context of the from Alan Dershowitz, which by the way, if you want to know what's really going on, he's the guy to listen to. But um, he uh, he said that this is it's clear. The 14th Amendment was uh, it was basically the Forgiveness of Sins Act after the Revolutionary or after the uh, Civil War. Okay. So if you were in the Union Army, right, based on certain things you did, you wouldn't have been eligible be, uh, because of the 14th Amendment. Does that make sense? Okay. So it was basically saying, hey, these people get back in. You know, this is who becomes a citizen. This is where we get the idea that if you were born in the United States, you are a citizen uh, and, uh, and, and so forth. But then it comes up with all these things. If you did seditious things, if you, if you created rebellion, blah, 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 then you're ineligible. But in context, that's a revolutionary war thing. And in constitutional law, it it's, should be looked at from that perspective. So anyway, it could be stretched, but it is kind of interesting. But I didn't know that. I did not know the 14th Amendment was the amendment to basically let everybody back into the union and not have them all go to jail and they could be citizens. There's your constitution. So is it going to is it going to block? Oh, well, they're going to try everything. It'll be interesting. It's going to be very interesting. The courts are what's going to be very interesting here. Yeah. They're going to tr- they're trying to f- speed up I don't know if you know, but one of the reasons why, so in the, in the probe, in the indictments that came from the special counsel, uh, did you see that it was co-conspirators, un- unindicted co-conspirators is, they have like 18 of them, right? So basically he did all these things with these unindicted co-conspirators. And do you know why he did that? Mm-hmm. The unindicted co-conspirators <clears throat> are his legal team. And what that does is it makes them, unless they litigate it, it makes them ineligible to defend him. They're going after the lawyers, any well, lawyer. I, no, they indicted their co-conspirators. They indicted a That's bunch of his lawyers. That's in Georgia. Yeah. They indicted his lawyers. Yeah. His lawyers. In his other current words, lawyers? His current set of lawyers for that period of time that they're talking about, they're saying that those lawyers gave him advice that creates a RICO case that allows them to indict him. It's all nonsense. I, like, I refuse to act like what they're doing is anything other than political hijinks. Well, so the interesting is, okay, fine. It's all Let's political hijinks. It, I agree with you. Let's put it in the political hijinks thing. I've been watching poll after poll after poll. Numbers are going up. Weird. Other thing, guess where his numbers are going up? Black communities. I, no, dude, I've, I've I've been seeing these. I've been seeing a non-trivial amount of of memes from black people saying like, "Yeah, wasn't in before, now I am." Now I am. You know, but do do you see their reasoning? Have you have you looked at the <clears throat> reasoning behind it? No. The government has been pushing the black people down for no reason for so long that the fact that they're doing it to a white man means that he's going to understand our plight. Okay. Well, which a, is really interesting backlash. Well, but hey, look, he already like under Trump, the black youth unemployment was the lowest it's ever been in history. Yep. Under Trump, black unemployment was all time lows. Yep. Like, look, I'm like they successfully somehow got him branded as a racist. Yep. But his policies did not reflect racism. So plain and simple. Totally agree with you. And. Along our backlash, red-pilled situation going on, yeah. one of the very interesting ones, if you ever want to do uh, see what's really going on in, the, in that community, the black, the, the black community that has been red-pilled, there are an amazing amount of black conservatives that have come up in the last, I don't know, a dozen years that are on YouTube with very popular channels. Yeah, no, and they're true. more popular than the Charlemagne the God. Have you heard of that guy? Yeah, they're 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 more popular than that guy now, and so and, and his morning crew, and and they're and they're 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 highly motivated and super. I sharp. look. I'm sorry. Like I, I'm on board with this story, but I've but I've never seen it actually pencil except for Reagan. Reagan got a majority of black people to vote for him. Well, but but I, since then it's been a it's been a freaking rope a dope every single time and I will not be a dope. If if it happens in an election, I'll gladly welcome it, but I'm not going to sit around and wait for it cuz it's it's a fool's errand. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, is it the however it's the, the Latino vote? The Latino vote went hard for Trump in the last election. Uh, I don't not a majority, but like it moved by like 15 points or yeah. something. And I think it's going to move even further. So that's fascinating. Yeah, there's some a lot of fascinating situations going on, <clears throat> and and it uh, aside from politics, just kind of the mo- just movements. the interesting of it. It's yeah. just the intrigue is is. <laughs> It's yeah. fascinating. They're trying to move up the, these things to all coincide with the very beginning of the primary season. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, how? first of all, that's a bit inco- unconstitutional. Uh, the other, well, here's, well uh, here's the thing that's funny, though. And they're right about this, and it's a shame. It's funny that they don't have to be right. They just have to run out the clock. So if, if this all gets overturned by the courts, but it gets overturned, Super late in the election cycle, before he can rally to get his campaign together, then they still win because they don't want him to. They don't want him to be viable. They don't care if he gets convicted. They care that he's not viable to get elected. Right. Well, they're they're starting <clears throat> a bunch of the Fourteenth Amendment arguments are starting to per- percolate. Some you're going to have some AGs. Yeah, but but how? But to to work their way through the courts, like well, basically no. basically I feel snake bit. You can I feel like I feel like they're gonna win. I feel like they're gonna succeed. At this. They can get fast tracked. When it comes to this, the 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 Supreme Court can fast track. I've only ever seen things fast tracked one time, and that was in the uh, the Bush uh, ballot crap from Florida Bush, when he Bush v. Gore. Yeah, where they were like doing stuff in a day. Yeah, I've never. But uh, every other time, it's always been like we'll get to it. And I'm gonna be honest, and you 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 gotta be honest. This court, like even though the leftists are like this is a pro Trump court, I'm like. I don't think that your evidence is strong that this is a pro-Trump court. A lot of these guys are moderates, and and they like even the conservatives are are kind of moderate. And I know I know Roberts isn't like a a Trump fan. Do you know what I'm saying? Like he wanted to have a soft middle of the road court, and he got a hard right court. Like I don't think that this is a pro-Trump court. So I I don't think I'm not. I'm not. I'm, conf- not, I'm I, confident that they will try to rule constitutionally. Yeah, I'm not. And I'm pro- confident they'll try and smack down shenanigans. Correct. But I don't believe they're going to try and pull favors. At all. 100% agree with you. I do not think this is a Trump court. And I maybe think, going I fast would a, be a favor. You see what I'm saying? Uh, I don't think it is. All I right. don't think, I think that there's there there's going to be a compelling public interest to get this resolved. Well, I hope so. And 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 I think that the court may have to intervene, especially if some of the lower courts can't judge on it fast enough. Because if, what well, here's another interesting thing. In Georgia, they, they've indicted as lawyers. One of the lawyers, in, so they turned over something like, um, uh, 14 million pages or something like that. 1.7 million pages of of of, of discovery the, uh, in the indictment. Right? They gave it to Trump's lawyers. If the lawyers are supposed to read this between now and the court's start, right? They would have to read 700,000 pages a day. A day. So physically, it's just not possible, right, to get through all the stuff that they gave. It's just not possible. Even yeah, if you had just, a team. It's shenanigans, top to bottom. Right. So it's shenanigans. So, so they presented that argument to the court, and the court said, no, we're trying all 18 of you together at this date, okay? Now, part of that's because that judge is, has, is on the record anti-Trump. The AG wants it that way, et cetera, and so forth. So they pulled a, a stunt. One of the stunts was— I mean, I can't believe you have the courage to read all this stuff, because I just get well, here's, so here, mad. I, love I can't, the court I can't even read it. Here's one of the in, interesting parts of that one is one of the co-conspirators says, I, I, I want my uh, Georgia right and constitutional right to a speedy trial, which allows him to move it up. And what that does is bifurcate him from the system. What that also does is is going to force some early rulings— that is going to be able to, one, see the arguments of, of the Georgia prosecutors, and two, it's going to expose the weaknesses of their case, and three, if they end up bifurcating this guy out, then he becomes a witness. So it's a pretty interesting scenario where in the Constitution you have a, you have a right to a lawyer, and in that right it is sacrosanct. It is not pierceable. It is not recoable. It's all these other things. So that's what they're going to – they're going to force this through the appellate. They will lose in Georgia if this if this if this uh, if they, judge if they, stays and yeah. not recuse herself, which it looks like she will. So they're going to lose in Georgia, and then they will win on appeal. And so the question that so the big bet is: if we lose, we convict him, and before it can be overturned, he goes into an election as a convicted felon. 
Same in Washington, D.C. If you look at the Washington, D.C., uh, you know, uh, demographics, it, he, he cannot get a fair trial there. So unless they move that to Virginia or West Virginia or some kind of municipality close to that, he has no chance of a free trial there. And he will be convicted in New York. There's no way. They can convict a hand sandwich, as Dershowitz says. There's... And well, all the, these the phrase are, historically has been you can indict a ham sandwich. The, the conviction is harder. Yeah, it was Dershowitz said you convict, you can convict if you, if Trump's on the name in New York, you can convict a ham sandwich. So he's gonna lose in New York, probably win on appeal pretty quickly uh, once it gets into appellate courts, and he will probably lose if they keep in D.C. and then win in appellate court because it will move out of the D.C. area and. He will probably lose in Georgia if he cannot make it a federal case. So there's a lot of interesting parts and moving parts about this. Unpolitical-wise, it's just kind of a fascinating time to see things. So it's a bit of a sad time, but also kind of interesting to me. Well, interesting indeed. I mean, Sorry, it's not, it's not adult. Like, there's, there's this one uh, meme thing that uh, Elon Musk keeps saying, which is the most uh, entertaining result is the most likely result. 100% that's, what agree. Keep, that's what he keeps saying, and that's certainly what's shaken out in the presidential whatever. So that's funny. All right, do you remember? Do you remember some of the big transitions of your life? Do you remember yes. the, the gap between when you left high school and went to college? Well, mine was a big gap, so yeah. But my, my I went. I was a missionary in between. Okay. So I went. I came after high school. I worked to help support my family. And then I, then I left on a mission. Yeah. And then I came back, and then I started college. So the big transition. Do you remember how weird it was? Very. I was yeah. super weird. I remember that one. I, I, very vividly. I remember like all my friends went off, went off to college, and there was like a week or two where I was not off to college yet, and I was just by myself at my at my parents' house, and I didn't know what to do with myself, and I I went and I built a skateboard jump. In the driveway, and I, I just went and practiced skateboard tricks for like a week, and then, and then I went off to college, <laughs> skateboard in hand. Where did you start at college? B B uh, BYU, Hawaii. Uh, Hawaii. How did you go to school? Did you just surf? I mean, what? I mean, I can't imagine I'd go to class. <laughs> you know, I'm embarrassed to say, and it's this is true at BYU and BYU Hawaii. I didn't ski enough at BYU, and I, and I didn't, uh, I didn't surf enough in Hawaii. I always tell I did, I went, anyone. I went to college. I always tell anyone girls. that goes to school in Utah, take the PE class that take gets you all the ski discounts, for sure. You have to take a PE class. You might as well do skiing. Yeah, I mean, and, and or and, snowboarding. And I wish that I'd done it because I love to ski and I like the ocean. But I just I was always like I got to get good grades. I was just such a nervous wreck. I don't know what my problem is like. Uh, there's this phrase that this grouchy old professor of mine used to say, which is, "Youth is wasted on the young." <laughs> and uh, I sort of feel that way, you know, like now, like, wouldn't I have just gone to the beach a little bit more? I do have some awesome memories, though. Like we went I told you about we went night surfing that one time. No. Wow. So this one person bought a car for like five hundred dollars. This <laughs> old American sedan. And um, and I'm walking back to my dorm one night and these people are all scampering out to this car. Um, this cute girl's car. And like, where are you guys going? They're like, dude, we're going to the beach. I'm like, can I come? I'm like, yeah, man, come. So I went and grabbed my swimsuit and ran out. And we filled the front seat, we filled the back seat, and then I was in the trunk. There was like six of us in the trunk because uh -huh. we were just going to Pounders Beach, which is just what? Is just wait, like, was the trunk open or was it closed? Open. Okay, I'm alright. It was just like a half a mile to the beach. You know, right. so we had to not not crash for half a mile. So we got to the beach, and then the moon was out over the water. And Pounders is like a. It's not a surf beach. It's a bodyboarding beach, but the, it basically the break is really close, and it's a sandy break, and so you just kind of wander out, but it's dark, so you can't really see the waves, but you can kind of see the waves, and it's a violent, like, so you just get clobbered, and then you stand up, and it, we're all having a great time, and then we all started getting uh, bit by, like, pieces of jellyfish, and so then we all climbed out of the water. It's just this beautiful memory of, like, a dozen <laughs> people on the beach joking around night surfing. You know what I mean? That sounds fun. That was really fun. That was my, a good time. My wife just drove up to Utah to um, 
to help my daughter move into her apartment, you know? Oh, yeah. And so uh, she's like, oh, I'm going to go up there. I want to try to hit it at the end of, you know, she's going up on my other daughter's birthday. So she's like, I want to try to get it before so we can have birthday cake before she goes to bed. So my wife loves paddleboarding, and so she bought a paddleboard. And then she's like, I love paddleboarding so much, I kind of want a better paddleboard. So she got a better paddleboard. And then she's like, I love better uh, p- paddleboarding so much that I want my friends to come with me. So now she got a third one. So she has three. Your wife? Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. So she can like, you know, hey, let's go paddleboarding. I don't have a paddleboard. I do. So they go and they go paddleboarding. So they're, they're these inflatable, the inflatable kind, yeah. right? Yeah. Which, by the way, are better than the hard ones. I've been wanting to get one of those for Rachel, and I attempted to once, and I ended up with that weird shipping situation. Right? Oh, that's right, where you got the iPod. <laughs> you get AirPods. Oh, AirPods, yeah. So we, back in the old days of uh, buying stuff at Instagram. Yeah. So, uh, so she takes all three paddle boards up there, and and they go paddle boarding on. I didn't even know there was, but in American Fork Canyon, there's a reservoir. Is okay. You on that? At midnight. Oh, what? Yeah. Look at those crazy kids. Yeah. My, fun. I'm like, I asked my wife, did you go? And she's like, oh, I was so tired. No, they just went. So I have like uh, one of those things where, uh, you know, youth is wasted on the on the young. Because <laughs> well, I'm they sure didn't waste she, it. Yeah, they, she, didn't, they waste didn't waste it. They like, went. We're but they all went up there and they, they got home at like 2, 3 in the morning. And my wife's like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's fun. Yeah, they went up to paddleboard. That's pretty cool. So I remember those transitions. Like I remember when I was taken to the adult uh, Sunday school class. Yeah, I don't like that. And I was just like, what am I doing here? Yeah, yeah. And then I remember that gap between college and high school. And then I remember like, um, man, I remember the transition. I, now, I was married with a, with a baby. But the transition from college to doing my first sales job after college was brutal. It was so brutal because I went into an organization that they they did not mentor me at all and they didn't give me any resources. And I was literally calling people out of the phone book uh, with no coaching. Just making it up. It was just oh, was horrible. So uh, anyway, transitions are hard. I have a son right now who's doing transition. So he graduated from college. He is doing media. He's actually doing a competent job of it. He's getting a lot of side gigs and he's doing a, a part-time job the rest of the time. But I... I also know because I've just done it that it doesn't matter if you're doing a good job. Like I know how I know how freaked out he must feel. You know what I mean? I just feel bad for him. Yeah, those transition. I, I think the hardest transition I had was high school to the next level, which was mission, and then mission home. That was by far my worst transition. Was it? Then mission to college was kind of it felt fairly natural. Oh, the rest of my transitions have been fairly natural. I'm in one now. That I'm that I'm I'm fighting against. I mean, we've talked about it on air. Just like how how okay, I'm 50. What does this mean? You know, how many more years am I gonna be working? 20 something. Okay, so what can I create? In 20 years. Yeah. Should I create something new? You know, I've gone through all these things, and and my conclusion I've already said is, you know, what am I? What, why would I create something new when I'm really freaking good at what I do? Yeah. So, I I'm just putting more energy into that now. So yeah, this transition right now was hard. The one coming home from a mission, man, that one was. By far the hardest one I had. Hey, you know, everybody, that's a very common one. And that was, I think, true for my second son a little more than my first. <clears throat> but I'm not sure. Maybe it might have been true for both of them. For me, I had a really lame time after my mission. But it wasn't because of the quote-unquote hard transition of the mission. So I, I, I did okay with that part. But, the, but, but going from my mission to working in a warehouse for three months <clears throat> was pretty lame. Because <laughs> I'd go home and just hang out with my parents. Who are yeah. retired? We're just like, yeah. We're just having roast beef and peas and just being like, hello. hello. <laughs> <laughs> it was so not like, I'm home, baby. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it wasn't, but I didn't have that thing that most people have. At least I don't remember having it where I felt like spiritually adrift. I, I because, because of the nature of, I think I've mentioned this before. My mission, you had to work so hard that I felt completely. Exhausted. I felt like the bill was completely ba- paid by the time I, when I got on the plane. I'm like, I am on the plane home. Everyone's like, Do you feel sad? I'm like, No, I do not. And I'm like, I did it. Like I left, I left it all on the court, so to speak. You know what I mean? I did the same. I left it all on the court. Yeah. I don't think I've ever been as exhausted as no, as dude. The, regular people been. feel like you do. I don't know why I, I felt different. You, I, you just you you have you know, 
My my I I, I don't think mine was the same as other people's. Mine, oh, mine really? was a little different. Oh, let's my, hear it. My, mine was I came back. You know, there's a there's a certain amount of like spiritual momentum that you that you lose a lot yes. of, and that and that feel, you feel that, and that's just kind of a part of, of it. Yeah. But the other part of it was is, uh, just just having an absolute clarity of direction. Was Knowing what you're supposed to do. Yeah, today. I mean, just every day there was clarity, and I loved that's a, that's that. A part real, of it. That's a real thing. So coming home and like the the the, the ambiguity of life, and well, like, especially okay, where especially with school? you having worked for a few years before your mission, like you you were not on a procreate course, so you no. so to go from a non procreate course yeah. to having a procreate course. To go into a non-procreate course, that, yeah. that, that's that's My brutal. brother and I that's talk brutal. about this a lot. Like, we came back to a different world, and that different world was we have a family to to, to help support. Yeah. All my brothers, you know, were, were, yeah, were with, within one to two weeks were, were needing to to con- contribute to to the success of the family. Yeah. And and uh, that, that was a hard transition. Yeah. But I don't know that that I actually felt that part of it was not that difficult because it was just kind of something we did before. Now we're doing it again. Yeah. I think it was just. But it's legit. It was a legit thing. It was the number of things that come into the pie at that point. You're like, oh, OK, well, I got to get married sometime. You know, I gotta, I gotta figure out a career. I gotta figure out school. I gotta figure out work. I gotta figure out how to pay for all this stuff. And uh, yeah. you know, it was just a lot of stuff. And 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 then there was a lot of decisions too. Where, when, how long? You know. So I started. I, I just like, well, I don't know what to do. So I'll just pick up Glendale College. You know. So I started taking classes at Glendale College, and pretty soon that started. You know, like you know what? I've always wanted to go to BYU. I want to go there. And so I went to. Uh, I transferred to UVU. In the meantime, I met my wife, who I didn't. You know, I kind of surprised her in the fact that I we had known each other for so long, and uh, so I asked, said, "Hey, do you, you want to get married?" <laughs> She's like, yeah, "Yes." So she had gotten into UCLA. She's like, "Yes." And you're like, "No, no, to me." Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> she'd gotten into UCLA, UC Irvine, and to BYU, and of those, UCLA was by far the more difficult to get into. Right. And so she was making the decision what to do, and she kind of. You know, I feel bad, but she just dropped everything and went with me. Yeah, and then got in and and started going to BYU. So cool. I wasn't in BYU at the time, so I went to UVSC at the time, which is now UVU, and uh, and then started taking night classes because I was old. By that time, you could you can do that now younger, but back then you could only do it if you were twenty three and above. I did not know that. Yeah, fascinating. So I was taking night classes. That so all of these these decisions just kept coming into the circle. So it took me. I remember it was eleven months, eleven months, and I don't know why I remember this, but I remember. Okay, I'm okay with everything that's happening now. Wow. Yeah, eleven months. It was just a lot. It was just. A, it was a lot. I mean, there's. I think we all feel that momentum from spiritual momentum. But yeah. And it was a lot. But you know what, the other transitions, like the one out of college into work, that was just felt very natural. I made a lot of decisions. I changed my career. I did different things. But the, 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 that, that kind of like flowed through because I worked all the way through college. Yeah. So it wasn't like I was a student and then. So what are you going to tell your son when he, comes, when he comes home from his mission? I have no idea. I've been thinking about it a lot. Um, he has a good head on his shoulder. He knows how to make money. Okay. Um, he's entrepreneurial. Uh, he he wants to go to school. He's going to go to UVU, but he has he does have a weird transition period because he comes home in October and school doesn't start till January. So oh yeah, that's the transition period I had. It's yeah. it's not great. It's not great. It's an awkward <laughs> one. So my I think my wife kind of thinks that he won't stay down here the whole time. He may end up going up to to Utah and, and that might have been settled. the move. I mean, I was trying to sock away some money, so I stayed with my folks. But but if I wanted it to be better, that would have been the move. I think if, I think we probably get three weeks with him, and then after that he's gonna get restless. And if he doesn't have something to kind of like pin him down for that next couple months, yeah, then then we won't see him till Christmas. You Which guys is okay. have to load up on cars. You have to get a new car. No, we have the van. He can. He's gonna have the van, dude. All right. <laughs> he gets the minivan. <laughs> nice. No, he'll go. Uh, we'll 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 send that minivan up. We don't normally give freshmen a car, but we'll have two freshmen at the same time. Yeah. So they'll share the car. Nice. That'll be interesting. Hopefully, you can get along for. No, a like our, my sons shared a car last year, and it's funny. I mean, it, w- it was fine, but it was a source of 
occasional contention. Yeah. Well, hopefully I'll know. <laughs> but that was actually exacerbated by that thing that I was saying, which is the transition to regular life. So one of them was just coming back from the regimented lifestyle of a missionary and in, didn't see things with the fluidity that he might see it now. I don't know. So there was a lot of chatter about that. Which one is the sieve? Can you not say that on there? No, I won't say that on there. Right. I don't want to sell people out. Right. I'm going to know afterwards. But they're, uh, Whatever son you are. <laughs> uh, but anyway, I was just curious about that. The, I think transitions are interesting. I think that they're uh, painful. And they, and, but if you're moving your feet and you're, and you're consulting with God, I think they're always, uh, like, they're always meaningful in the end. Yeah, those big. Do you know what other transitions I always have a hard time with? I think you and I have talked about this, but like ones where you know, in our religion, you, we have lay leadership. So oh, release! You're, re- you're release released from, from one what they call a calling or job, you know, for in, in that that you were doing voluntarily, you know, and then and then you get picked up in another one. Yeah, and some of them are more difficult to kind of leave than others for whatever for whatever reason right yeah. you could just love the people that you were serving it could be that it was very fulfilling. no you feel great purpose it's the yeah. purpose i think it's the purpose but you and i both were you know had a calling recently that we got released from we're like oh dude i'm like yeah, that was that was a tough one i mean mine was like four years ago but yours was like yeah two years ago and then you got picked up on a new calling which quickly and it may, the I new too. calling the new calling blunted my yeah my sense of loss I think mine did too. My new calling did too. My my new calling is the this, seminary this teacher, teacher or my defense. Well, it, no, it for sure did. But you had a you had a gap. What I'm saying is I didn't have a gap where I felt like. I mean, I, I had a few months actually. I had a few months where I'm like, I right, so I'm, I'm just over here on the yeah. I'm over yeah, here. Just be over here if you need me. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of those kind of deals. But uh, it, that, no, that, that is a, are that a is a thing. That is a thing. I think you're right. Those ones are. A little I don't harder. have anything cool to say about it either. It's just like. You just have to get through them. We have to be honest about the fact that, you know, there are seasons of life. There are. And that some here's, are here's another some transition. Are thrilling bursts of speed and some are not. And you just have to be honest about that. Here's another transition that was hard for me, strangely, was dropping your kids off to get out of the house. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Those ones hurt. My brother-in-law called me the other day and he just had his first. He dropped off in Utah. Yeah. And he's like... Hey, and he's a tough guy and he's such a good person. And he's like, Hey, how did you do this? And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, oh, well, you know, Abby just left. Like, what do, what do I do? What do I do? And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, all I've been doing is cleaning stuff and like crying. Like, I don't know what to do. Like, yeah. I don't know what to do. I'm like, all I could tell you to do is it hurts like hell. <laughs> it just hurts. You're excited for them, but it hurts like hell. And you're worried for them and you won't feel that. I still no, it feel. feels feels weird. It feels weird because like, well, we're now to this. Well, sorry, you were gonna let me finish. No, we're both in the same boat. But we're down well, to one. What I was gonna say was, well, you're down to two. We're now to a stage where we really want our older kids to visit because we miss them and it feels incomplete without them there. Yes. But here's the but. But when they come to visit, they don't feel at home. They they feel like visitors because they're now independent. And, yeah. s- and so that's happening now where it's like, even when they're home, they're not home. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? We're, are, now they love kids? us and we love them. This, I'm not saying there's anything weird happening. I'm just saying that if you're being totally honest, there's, there is another layer, which is now happening. Yeah. And my wife and I have been I, uh, strangely good with the transition of not getting in their lives. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, and the, we're there when they want us. Yeah. But we're not intervening. Like last night, my daughter yeah. called and she's like, I'm looking at the clock and I'm like, where the crap are you? <laughs> like, what are you doing? And I had to keep telling myself, like, don't ask. And then she called back, I think the third time. And I finally like, what are you doing? <laughs> Why are you wandering Provo, Utah at one in the morning? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, dad. You know, I'm in Provo. I'm like, what? What does that mean? She had a she had a low tire, and the and uh, and the sensor was going off when she was. I'm like, well, pull into a gas station and fill it up. And so she goes to one. It didn't. They never work. the freaking fill up things yeah, never, they never work. work. They and never so work. She, one didn't work. So she calls from the other one, and finally we're like, it's one in the morning. Why are you not in a bed somewhere? So the problem is she has a her new apartment in Provo plus her job apartment up in Aspen Grove, which is up Provo Canyon. Oh yeah. But she met her roommate and she's very concerned about her roommate because she's a freshman from uh, from virginia i think or west virginia or something like that so she's very concerned about her her roommate feeling lonely that she's not there so she's been traveling down at night 
to go sleep in the apartment so that the girl wouldn't feel lonely. I'm like, oh, that's super sweet. But at the same time, what are you doing at freaking one in the morning <laughs> looking for a gas station to flat tire? Like, I, what am I doing? I could call my brother, you know, to come help you. But, geez. But, so I, I try. We're really careful. And even when they come home, we're pretty, we're pretty good. But uh, there's a varying degrees of, like, how they get involved in the house now. Like, before it was you do your chore kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Now it's like, you know, sometimes they come home and they just they go into the kid mode, but then, then they don't do the chore mode. Yeah. And then sometimes they come home and they're super helpful. And sometimes it's just kind of a, you know, it's a transition. We'll see what happens. So I'll let you know when I figure out what I'm going to tell my son. But I, I have been thinking about it a lot. I just when got, is that, When's that going down? Uh, October 14th. Okay. Really soon. Yep. Yep. He's a, I, I think about, I mean, I thought about a lot when my daughter came home and yeah. it's, but it's different advice for everybody. Yeah. And, uh, but he's, he's, a he's, he's got a good head on his shoulder. So I don't know that I need to give him much and yeah. I think he'll kind of ask for what he needs, but I always do right before they leave. Like I usually try to be very thoughtful in, in what I'm saying to them. So what they read something on the plane that, that that uh that can kind of put them in the mode of the transition so to yeah speak. so i don't know i don't know if i'm good at it but i try well, well if we your kids do. the way your kids are turning out is any indication you're pretty good at it well we're dude, that's still this that's a low bar at this point right what do you mean i mean this is a long life i well, lost, i lost more of my friends in their 40s than i did in my teens fair enough um but we'll take uh We'll take that, that. That goes to our life hack. The life hack is enjoy the beauty that you have and don't worry about whatever dark thing may come. Yeah. Just enjoy take, that take it when you get it. Yeah. Because like we're having moments right now, and I think you are too, of parenthood that are like really good. Yeah. We're having these really good moments. But I'm, that doesn't mean that it's, it's always going to be good. And, uh, and we know that. And so yeah. we're just going but, but to, but to, but to worry about it in advance is is a fool's errand. Yeah, that's not even pessimism. That's some kind of doomsdayism. It's anxiety. It's not I doom. think it's regular. Is it? I think it's regular oh, to I be don't. like, it's so good now. It's going to be bad later, I know. <laughs> I think that's regular, but it's not okay. So teach yourself to love what you have. It's, it's a life hack. Yeah, I like it. Friends, this has Randy. been the, the Waystation Podcast, your source for life hacks, social commentary, and amazing stories. I'm William. I'm Randy. Have a good day.